0: Well, hello, thank you very much for coming along for a third week. Uh, my name's David Hasty, and today, um, in a bit of a special edition of the podcast, I am joined by um, none other than the brand new CEO of Livingston Football Club, um, Dave Black. Does it still feel weird hearing that? Very weird. Very,
1: very <laughs> weird. I don't think I'll ever not feel
0: weird, to be honest. <laughs> How are you doing? You all right? Week one I'm in good, the yeah, back for you? <laughs> keeping, um, keeping busy, but yeah, but all good, all good. Good, good. No, amazing. Um, one week into the job, does
1: it get any different?
0: How how, how has it been?
1: <laughs> um, does it get any different? I mean, I, I think probably already done a number of things. Um, that maybe fell under the the role a little bit, but um, <laughs> it's been. I'll it, be I'll be absolutely honest. It's actually been <clears throat> probably the nicest week it will be in terms of not just really. Catch up with people I've not heard from from for years. People not right write back to people from from friends from school, um, family, just just generally just people just across the board getting in touch to say they've kind of seen the news and and congratulate me and, and, and have a have a chat about it. So it's been nice to kind of, to to actually speak to people I've not spoken to for, for a while who um have all been very um I just very nice in their comment. It's been quite I think I said quite kind of wholesome really to kind of see people. Behind you, um, very little in terms of any you know negativity in, uh, in regards to the, the appointment. So uh, it's been really nice to kind of see people, not, not so much have your back, but but can you be pleased to see the the progression? I think for me, I, I've never seen, never really felt or maybe appreciated the progression I've made at the club purely because it's it's just happened. You know, yourself, you no know, life just carries on day to day, and you just got on your job, you got on with doing what you're doing, um. So when something like this happens, and and people can reach out, you it's brilliant to see what, what what's happened, the story, and whatnot. It's been it's been nice, so it's been a good it's been a good first week. It's it has
0: been some rise up through the club. Um, I think if we were to play job bingo with you just now, um, I think you'd get a full house. I mean, let's let's talk. You know, that's that photo of you six year old with, with Jim Leishman. Um, you know, as you said in 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 that Twitter post, I don't think that little boy would ever have imagined that you'd be where you are now just just talk us through i mean so you you have been a prolific striker at the Livingston Supporters Club GS, um, where you still hold all the records and probably will forevermore. <laughs> um, you helped run the supporters bus. You did the social media voluntary. You ran the club shop. You <laughs> have done the media side of things. You're now doing done the commercial side of things. I. I reckon I, I was saying that last week. I reckon you've probably put on the Livy Lyons suit, you know, and been out there and in that at some point. So it's just is there a job at Livingston you haven't done yet, maybe apart from the manager role.
1: <laughs> I said that I said that to, to our own club media guys. I think other than other than pushing David aside and getting myself in the dugout is probably one of <laughs> one I've not done. Um as you say that it's been been a, a varied um a host of roles that I've carried out over the years, from from just a fan in the stand first and foremost to a whole host of things, from as you say, club shop and a, a previous life um, to yeah, the social media side before I came into the club, commercial side, the business development side of the club, and um, then taking on the media last year, you know, or the kind of press officer role um, when, when Derek left for, for Hibs. So yeah, it's been a, a, a wide and, and wonderful range of jobs. I worked in the, the, the bar when I was. First turned eighteen, alongside a few of the guys at, um, at GS and uh, Ryan Mutter, Carl McInden, we, we all got kind of weekend jobs collecting glasses and, and pulling pints. So there generally has been very very little um, away from the the, the the coaching side and the playing side that I've, that I've not done. And I'm, I'm, I'm claiming the, the playing side. In my work I was going to say, yeah, you've
0: the played for them as well. <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll claim that one uh, as a
1: as one playing appearance. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Listen,
0: absolutely. I, I would, I would absolutely take it. Being able to to line up alongside a a Mister David Bingham, etc. Yeah, that must have been a, a real experience. Just even if if we talk about your journey throughout Livingston, you know that that has to rank up there as as one of the coolest things you've ever done as well. You know, being able to pull on a a, a Livy jersey and line up alongside some of your some of your heroes. I suppose we could we we could say that
1: it was um. It, it was a strange. It, I say strange. was probably the wrong word. It was a brilliant experience, but the, the whole thing was a bit, a bit strange. And I, I, Keegan had, had reached out um, a year in advance of that game to ask him would be part of the committee for his, um, for his testimonial planning year. So, um, was more than happy to do that. And alongside, uh, but O'Brien, Simon Priest Stuart Barry Stephen Dow, um, the, the the five of us kind of took on a varied number of roles in, in terms of organising different events for Keegan. There was a, a kind of sportsman's dinner. Um, a race night golf day no, the, the, the kind of generic um testimonial type events and then of course the game itself so a lot of that was down to, to, to Bono o'brien he had more of the contacts and respect the football players Um, worked at that point i was working at football nation but still dealing with, with david martindale and i um, we're doing the, the social media so i was working alongside david organizing the, the testimonials so i knew that we had the first team all kind of set to play and then the, the belief was that probably doing a kind of legend select would, would be the best case or, or, or the best outcome for Livingston fans or coming along and seeing all those names as you touched on, or David Bingham, Stuart Lovell, Marvin Andrews, these sort of guys that are, that are synonymous for Livingston over the years so pulling that together, i say that was a lot to do with you know, Burton O'Brien, his contacts in the game um, and it was probably, the game was the Sunday, I think it was the Thursday, Friday night before the game um, and we were finishing the kits and Keegan the text saying as the is there spare kits like available to for us to if, if need be so there's a couple that we've got just in case anybody's gets ripped or lost or whatever in the game and he says why don't you print your own name on one this is that i'm not bored mate i'll just get you to sign one or whatever and gift them." <laughs> he says no he says like play I'm not, playing. I'm not going to play i'm not going to play for the first team I'm going to play in the legends Select. i'm not i'm not really um fit for purpose for either of those, <laughs> those teams. Um, and then David texts me saying, listen, spoke to Keys, like, do it. Like, what what an opportunity are you going to play with the, the team you support against the, the players you've watched over your, your kind of childhood? Um taught myself out of it wasn't doing it, like no chance, no chance. Um and then I think kind of just in the, the day before the game, I was like, you know what, like when does this opportunity for like a guy like me ever come up? Or for anybody for that matter? So um went and got got the kit came down on the, the day of the testimony, we was already organizing and, and the, the, the kind of preparations and the changing rooms and, and whatnot came in all the players where they said I've played amateur football and, and been in changing rooms all my years from, from seven, eight year old Um, but I've never been as nervous in my life walking in the first team <laughs> changing room with guys that I feel like I knew them because I'd watched them week on week and they had no idea how this fat it was walking into the changing room Um, I'm sitting <laughs> down in a, a space I think I was sitting next to Marvin Bartley just looking at him like this guy's won the Scottish Cup and played in England and played with Burnley and Hibbs. And I'm sitting here and I've won nothing. I nearly <laughs> ticked the ball. Um, got the kit on. Um, Davey comes in with, with Gary Holt. And they kind of do a, a very loose team talk in terms of just tell the player, be careful, still take it seriously. But remember, like we've got games coming up and, and so on. And then um, the TV in the changing room flashes up to the team. And I'm not going to, don't quote me, but I'm, I'm almost sure it was almost the team from the previous week's league game Minus, I can't remember who it was, but me in midfield, and I'm going. Like, I'm thinking I'm maybe going to get two minutes at the end of the game. The teams <laughs> came up from starting in midfield, um, for Livingston against a Livingston Legends. Like Remember again another kind of pinch myself moment of like what what is going on? Like how how have I managed to wangle myself into this this position? But uh, what a moment! And then I no, just just walking in the park with, the, with those guys, not not just the the legends team, but the, the team at the time, the, the current team. As I say, guys like Marv. Um, Keegan, um, a, a, a real, a real honour and a real um, moment that not many people will ever get to do at any club, let alone kind of the team you support or or here at Livingston. So yeah, it was a, it was a moment, um, and I'll, I'll certainly I'll, I'll I'll dine out on my, my one appearance for Livingston for the rest <laughs> of time. I thought
0: you made a good account of yourself on your one appearance. If it, if it helps any, I thought I thought you did quite well. So uh, no, well done, well done. So. You've you've mentioned him a couple of times. Um, something certainly I, I would love to know a little bit about. What what's it like working alongside a character such as Davey Martindale? I mean, you know, he's, he's brilliant in the media. He's he's been brilliant with the fans. What what's what's he like behind the scenes?
1: So I've known Davy for a while before coming into the club. It um, was kind of a family friend, and we knew each other loosely. Um, through my my brother-in-law. Davey played played um, junior with with my brother-in-law, Barry. Um, so we kind of met we at my brother-in-law and sister-in-law's wedding. Um, and then as Davey kind of got involved with the club and recognised kind of some of the, the stuff that I was doing, firstly, with Football Nation, when I was you know, kit supplying the, the, the club, um, got to know Davey a bit more because he was doing some of the, some of the ordering alongside you know, the kit man Jeb. So I dealt with Davey a few times on that front. Then we got to know each other, knew I was doing the... The club social media, so at that point it was very loose in terms of the social media. David would send me some information about tickets or a new sign in or pretty much anything the club wanted out because there wasn't kind of somebody in house doing it. David would drop me a text or give me a phone with some info. I'd then find it on on social media. I give it to um, Ali McNeil to, who updates the website, and he would he would do that or he was getting that information from David as well. So kind of knew David um, or got to know David a bit more and a bit more year on year. Um, and then when we got promoted to the the, the Premier League, um, David had, had spoke to me about coming into the club um, and, the, and the role that I eventually did.
0: And I weighed it up
1: and, and, and considered a few things. And, and my biggest fear, a, a little bit, well, two things was one, blurring the lines between the enjoyment of being a fan and coming along on a Saturday. And it being you're kind of working Monday to Friday and coming to football on a Saturday and all of a sudden, was that going to be working Monday to Saturday and not not getting that that release, if you like, you going to watch my team, coupled with the fact that we've just been promoted and I thought if I'm the last in the building and we get relegated, am I the first out in a year's time? I had a fairly um, comfortable job and I'm doing, doing really well at FN Teamwear i kind of worked my way up the company um, in kind a of management role so I, I was enjoying what I was doing I thought, what would I do here? And, and, and I kind of let my my head drew my heart and I turned it down um, initially and in, in then, said to Dave I just didn't think it was the, the right time, um, I, I kind of just enjoyed being a fan, I wanted to enjoy that season back in the Premier League, and ha- if it was going to be one season I wanted to enjoy it for what it was, still happy to do the social media but for me it wasn't, it wasn't the right time. Um, and then a couple of years went by and, and, and late 2019 gave me a text again and pretty much this time said along the lines of like you're not saying no this time like oh, I will come to your house and you will come and work for me. Um, so I, I, met, I actually met him on Christmas Eve um, here at the club um, and met with a chat and then that was it in the, the early part of the 2020 and um, came in and, and started working full time. So then that relationship with Davey's kind of grown over, over that that time working closer. Um, again Davey was quite hands-on in the commercial side he had a a lot of dealings with the sponsors. they had a lot of dealings with the media. So again, over over the years that David's been here, he's accumulated different roles and and taking on different positions, just naturally, kind of, organically from other people leaving. No one doing it. You know, there there's probably a point when David was here, and quite literally said, "There's no one else here. Like, there's the keys. Get on with it." Like, and, and <laughs> if David had walked at that point, and then, then who knows what, what what would have been here? Um, so uh, me coming in, though, know, David was a fountain of knowledge at every part of the club. You know, you could, there's there's very little that you can speak to David about that he can't tell you or can't answer in, in respect to Livingston and, and I'm talking on field and off field, the stadium maintenance, you you know, you name it, they will Dave will know um the bones of it. So started working you know, closer and closer. And then again over the last year, but right after after Derek left to go to Hibs and then taking on the media role, um, worked even closer again because you're you're your kinda of day to day and a lot of inquiries coming in and particularly with David having um not the position he has in the media, but it is Quite requested a lot, and you know, quite sought after from various podcasts and, and and different media outlets who want to come in and, and speak about your story. And, and um, you know, you'll have seen you know, the, the recent trip we've done going out to Pullman to the young offenders and, and different things like that. And you know, using using Davey's experience to go and speak to the people and, and, and try and help not not I say better their lives, but but give them a little bit of real life experience that he's now um you know, going through and, and showing that journey that he's came from to where he is now. So you know, there's been lots of different you know, requests and then working alongside Davey on that, and then. Um, I see a lot of the, the, the foot on pitch side or you know, the training every day. We're, we're in that fortunate position where you know, training happens here at the stadium. You know, We've got a training ground where you not know, all field staff are one place, and the, the first the, the football staff are somewhere else. You know, we're all we're all in the same building. We're all we're all crossing paths. So you not know, quite often I'll you know, nip out for five minutes with a coffee in the, in the morning catch a wee bit of training, and you, you see you see the effort and the the work rate that they puts into training, and what you see on a Saturday at the side of the park isn't any different to the. Um, the efforts and the, the, the determination to do well at Livingston that you'll see Monday to Friday in the training part with David you know, it's, it's all or nothing though. he's in he's in for, for everything He's um, you know leaves no stone unturned in, in respect to what he does on the training field and from the recruitment side of things and, and off the field and work alongside his own coaching staff that he's built up built, built up himself sorry so I, I, for me I, I, I have a great relationship with David I really enjoy um, working with him at the football club we've, we've had as I say because he the various roles that Davies carried out himself, we've had quite a close working relationship. with that, I've learned a lot from Davy in terms of, you know, my progression at the club and, and and learning different how things work, where to go, who to speak to, what as you do, and certain elements. And you know, when when, David and, and John and, and Robert before he stepped down as chairman had had kind of had that discussion and approached me um, about taking on the the chief executive role, I think having that trust in, in those guys and having seen what, what they do or they've done over the years, um probably a real honour to be asked by, by, by them all and, and, and to to take the role on because I know that they've seen what I've done day to day for the last three and a half years as a full time employee and, and um you know, building up that relationship with all three, but particularly Davy over over that time is, is it's probably got me to this this position I'm in now. So Yeah, and and again it's it's a
0: huge you know, huge plaudits to you for, you know, building those relationships and, and getting there. It's it's not just through building those relationships, though, so there's a lot of hard work that goes into what you've done. And it's very clear. I mean, certainly I've seen it on a match day, you know, with your your, your media stuff when I've sort of covered for Callum at the Courier. Like, it's, it's an unbelievable amount of stuff that you do at that club. And you kind of alluded to it earlier there. You know, does it blur the lines between working nine till five and going and enjoying football on a Saturday. So the question is, I mean, are you still enjoying it?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what, I wish, <laughs> I wish it was nine till five. That would be That would be a dream, nine till five. Geez, I remember those days. Um, <laughs> listen, I love it. I love it. I genuinely love it. Um, it probably has blood the lines, though, in all honesty. Not that I'm any less of a fan, but it becomes more difficult to just have a fan hat on because there's more riding on the outcome of the results, there's more going on in your head than just, have we put the ball in the net more than another team? Now, that, fundamentally, that's that's what drives the club on, and and doing that will always be the most important thing. I, I spoke to you know, Callum Carson the other, the, other, the other day about this, and everything we do Monday to Sunday, everything that everybody in this building does Monday to Sunday is solely factored around three till five on a Saturday afternoon. Now, everything that happens in the football club Whatever it is, whether it's selling advertising, whether it's the the protein machine being on, whether it's the ice baths, whether it's selling tickets, whether it's hospitality, it doesn't matter whether it's safety certificates for the stadium, whether it's pitch maintenance. every every single thing that happens in this building Monday to Sunday by everybody, coaching staff, on-field staff, off-field staff, is all about 3 o'clock on a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Now, that's it, and that's it. And and between 3 o'clock and and Mm 4.45, a Saturday is the only time where very loosely everybody else in the building can switch off because we can't control that. You know, anything that happens on that, that football But is out with our control. We can control everything else. But for 3 4 four forty-five, that that's, that's out of our hands and that's up to the loving guys that are on the park at, at that time to go and, go and do the business and, and do their job, if you like. So um, It probably has the lines a little bit, you know, so you want the team to win, but it, it works both ways because when you do win, it's probably doubly good because you're winning as a fan and you're delighted you're also aware that then you're going into the hospitality suites so and everybody's excited and you're going into the, the sponsor boxes and everybody's a bit happier and you know that maybe on Monday morning ticket sales are going to be a bit better because you've just won a game. But it's also doubly bad when you lose because you're losing as a fan. So as soon as the pull-to-missile goes, that instinct and in, in me as a fan is still going, oh, that's my Saturday yep. night. Like, yep. <laughs> um, you know, my, my Chinese will not taste as nice on <laughs> a Saturday night when you lose. But it's also that impact of Right. Okay. Who is it? Who's who it? We've lost. To? Is it? Is it a bad defeat? Is it a heavy defeat? What does that mean on a on a Monday in terms of then you're selling hospitality, but is is the interest not there because people are now in their heads that oh, that was rubbish. I'm not interested. And and so yeah, it, it does make it um, as I say doubly good and and doubly bad at times. But it's certainly not. It, it doesn't change the, the enjoyment of my job. I, I get in an incredibly privileged position to work for the team of support. That's it's what. Most 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 people who are football fans who support any team in the world, if you've got the opportunity to come and have a direct impact and work alongside the players you cheer on, the coaching staff that you want to do well, I'm um, not gonna say it's a dream come true, but it's, it's it's the job you'd want to do. If not putting the ball in, uh, the ball in the net yourself, it's it's the next best thing. I think that, that what what people perhaps don't recognise at times is it's is still a job though. Um, I'll, I'll bump into people I've not seen for, for a while, whether it's friends or family. They say, oh, you must you must love that, working for Livingston. It must be brilliant. And, like, yeah, it is. But I, I'm not just kicking a ball about, like, Aye. Monday to Friday. It's, I'm not just doing keep-uppies and penalties <laughs> and crossbar challenges. It's it's That's so far away. And I think there's a, a misconception that it must just be amazing you work for your team. But it's like any job, whether you're working in, in a supermarket, whether you're working in a retail store, it, it, it's still your job. And there's still days where you go home and go, like, that was, that was tough yeah. or things didn't go well today or that was difficult I had to have a, a conversation you didn't want to have. and it, But it's still... But there's other days, like you say, you know, where, where I was privileged enough to get to the Betfred Cup final, albeit you know, we lost the game, but I was one of very few people who were able to go to that game and, and see the Cup final. And there's I've now a lot of friendships with players that you know, I never dreamed I'd have been you know, wishing Nicky well on his way to Aberdeen and, and probably also disappointed to lose a mate you know someone that I built up a relationship way over you know, my three years here and so things like that as well that yeah it's it's there's great perks and, and, and great moments as a fan you're going this is brilliant i love this i'm walking into my work every day and it's it's the team of support and um you know, yesterday i was walking past the, the the door out to the pitch just opened opened the door coffee in hand the sun's you know blasting down at the park was looking going like what an office you know what a place i could be working in as I say, a supermarket or a retail store or or wherever it is, and here I am, you know, like kind of living the dream as a fan. That I'm, this is my office, this is where I now work. So, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think I've I've, I've lost the excitement and the passion for it. Um, but there definitely is a little bit of um, that fan aspect that that you have to lose a bit. You have to almost disconnect a, wee, a little bit because a lot of the decisions, even before taking on this, show, can't be can't be blinded by solely wanting to do what what the fan. They would want to do. It's also got to be what's right for the club, and sometimes that isn't. Those things aren't always aligned. You know, sometimes what you need to do for the club isn't necessarily what fans would desperately want to do. Um, for instance, a very loose one. And I've seen a few comments in terms of a couple of friendlies that have announced that, that oh, it's not very glamorous. It's not that inspiring, <laughs> and I get that. You know, I get that. Three, four years ago, I was hoping for trips to Portugal or up north or Highland tours or down to Newcastle, I, I get it, Now, as it as well, you know, ran the supporters buses, and went to all the way games, so, been to, um, Sunderland for friendlies, been to you know, the Highlands, been here and everywhere, I get that, so as a, as a fan, of course you want to go to all these new places, and exciting trips, and get away with your mates, and make a weekend at, but, pre-season is fundamentally, for getting the team ready, for the season ahead, and, that's got to be done in a manner that, that you no know, the, the manager believes and him and his coaching staff believe that you no know, the friendlies you no know, too announced, two to be announced that we're still just working on the the, the Kenny, um finer details on. But it's got to be about the preparation for the team. And whilst of course you'd love to go to fans, listen, we're going to here, there, and everywhere, and it's going to be amazing. You love it. It, it like, can't can't be that. It's got to be getting what happens out there right in and, and if the manager and his, his coaching team believe that the friendlies they've picked are suited to what we're going to do. You know, you look at the two friendlies we've got, two teams in, in the leagues below us. we will then going into a, a, a via play cup campaign against four teams in the leagues below us, and you know, that's that's direct preparation for playing against teams who might set up in certain ways that these teams might set up in the friendlies. You Not know, that like we could go and try and play Sunderland or Gateshead or Carlisle or, or you know these nice trips we would want, but does that then have a direct benefit on the four teams we're going to play to try and get to a cup final? I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. If I was just deciding this as a fan, I'd probably be going, let's get to Newcastle, David. Why are we not going here? Let's get this booked and let's all make a jolly of it. But So again, I of a wee example of whilst yeah, the fan is still there, it can't always be Dave the fan thinking what would be best. It's got to be what what what's going to benefit the club the most. It's always got to be Coming to your work Monday to Sunday and, and going, is this going to benefit Livingston to the football club? And if it's not, you're maybe not making the decision for the right
0: reasons. Rule rule with your head rather than your heart sometimes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not it's not easy. And when you have a vested interest in what you're doing, I completely agree with you. Um you, you touched on it, it's not all up ease it's not all, you know, crossbar challenges. I don't quite believe it myself, but I'm sure you'll be able to tell us a little bit more. Um, so Kevin Quinn, one of the, the the fans, I I put out before this, asking if any of the fans wanted to ask you some questions. Um, Kevin's asked, what does the job of a CEO entail at a football club? Then what's what what what, what do you do basically? <laughs> so so I know I
1: know Quinn, and he'll be hoping that I'm going to say keep your peas and crossbar <laughs> Um Listen, there's an element of of. I've only been in the job a week, so there's a lot of that answer that I'll, I'll find out as I go. that there's not I've not been given a bit of paper or a booklet <laughs> saying here's the but I haven't, you know, it doesn't exist. And it's very much you no know, John in the role, you know, prior to me, he wasn't you know, he's got his own businesses, he's got his own interests away from the club as well. So and that's not that's nothing against John's role and, and his impact he had as chief exec, but you know, he wasn't here Monday to Friday either, you not know, doing it and saying to me, right, Dave, on a Monday, I I've only done this on a Tuesday or on a home game or an away game, it was very much that John would dip in and out when when he could. Um, but we were all aware that he had, you know, he's had he got his own um, interest and in, in business interests elsewhere, which which is fine. And we've always worked along, along with that. And that's probably where my role isn't going to be, I feel, you know, jumping from what I was doing to what I'm going to do now, because a lot of it was maybe picking bits of that up, um, not in John's absence, but just because it was here in the building, um, kind of feet on the ground, I feel like, and, and just getting on with the, the day-to-day. So... Um, but, but realistically, I think that the short answer is overseeing all the off-field side of the football club. So I would probably say now it's it's, it's branched into, into two. So Davey is, is effectively the, the on-field manager, so all things directly related to on the grass, football-related, um, player-related decisions will all be handled still by, by Davey and his coaching staff. Yeah. But then maybe now I'll, I'll now assume that role of, of managing the off-field staff and being more um, hands-on with the with steering the club from an off-field um, perspective. So a lot for me to learn still, you know, I wasn't heavily involved in the, the day-to-day finances, wasn't really um, in charge of anybody staff-wise, okay, headed up the media team, but no one really you know, was um, reporting to me. Um, not that that's going to be a, a massive change to anybody, you know, they're still just, they know me, it's not like I've came in and they're getting yeah. to know who I am and they like me and what's he, no, it's just, nothing changes a hell of a lot other than now i'll be a little bit more accountable for for that and 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 the output from the staff and it's i'll never have any qualms with that because we've got the hardest working staff in scottish football and i believe that and i'll I'll, I'll die on that sword i think it's um i think we do have the 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 best staff in the country um the hardest working staff at that as well but so really just yeah heading up the the off field side and, and really almost being like a general manager if you like of the of the club on an off field perspective and, and dipping in out a, a number of things and just making sure that well, making sure people are, are doing their job but just keeping on top of a lot of the um the admin side and, and working alongside the office staff, working alongside the football operations, working alongside the club secretary, and the media team. So kind of not passing the buck on anything, but just being a little bit more um overseen a lot more than just my own little tranche of of um
0: commercial side and the the, the media side cool and uh i had the honor of speaking with mo the, the the chef um on i think it was the last home game of the season and yeah she she kind of spoke a little bit about you know how complimentary she was of you um i genuinely didn't know anything that was happening before that you know but we spoke about you and and what a presence you are in the club and, and, you know, the, the, the stuff that you did do around the club. So Mo was, was quite complimentary of you as well as a lot of other people. It was a nice wee chat I had with her just in the, just in the off chance, I just happened to, to bump into her and have a chat with her. So no, it was, it, I think it shows where you stand with, with the staff as well, with with the guys. And as you say, they worked really, really hard off field and, and, I think if you look at the difference between Livingston, it's no coincidence, right? You look at the club before Davey, before yourself sort of coming in, you know, for me, the the biggest thing since since you've come in, since Davy's come in has been our brand has completely changed. You know, that just even the signage at the front of the, the, the stadium, when you're driving past, you get that kind of buzz back that, oh, look, look at that signage. You know, my, my daughter, she's three years old, Eliana, Um Livy Daft. I don't know where she got it from. It certainly wasn't from me. And um anytime we're driving past the stadium, oh look, there's Livy, and you know, that's such a relatable thing, you know, back when I was that age. So I have to say a big well done, a big thank you to you and the rest of the team for the job that you guys have done at Livingston so far. Um, you know, and, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what you do sort of going forward Um it'll be it'll be interesting for sure.
1: I mean, I mean on on the first point in terms of speaking to Mo, there's there's one thing I would recommend to anybody who gets involved in football it is make best friends with the chef. <laughs> but that is the person who keeps you fed and watered every single day, and having that person on your side is um, <laughs> essential. Mo's Mo's a gem. Mo's um, you know, the heart and soul of, of what goes on at the football club. You know, there's there's not a player who who won't speak incredibly highly Mo. Um, she'll make, she makes every single player in that, that change room feel welcome when they come in and, and they first get to meet her and they, 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 they become accustomed to how we do things at breakfast time and lunch time. And, you know, it can be daunting, like anybody going to any job, if you're not really sure where you're going or what the, what the process is. Or um, But between Mo and, and, and Sean, who works alongside Mo in the, in the kitchen, you know, the two of them are, are fantastic. Again, just, just two more assets to the football club that um, we're incredibly lucky to have, have both, but Mo, I think you'll be hard pushed to find any player who in the building just now who has been in here, well Mo's been here that'll not not speak incredibly highly or she's a um she's brilliant uh, just just with the players and, and with the families. You know, my, my own family have been in and um, she's went above and beyond making sure that kids are, are fed if there's if there's nothing there or if if, if you no know, my own boy Louis has been in for kick about in the park and he's going home, if if Mo's here she'll make a sandwich or <laughs> Put some nothing for them, so it's, it's just those little touches going above and beyond to to make you not know, not just me but everybody in the, in the club welcome and, and more. You no know, heads up alongside, you know, Karen and, and Trisha and Jude at the, at the front front of the house. Um, you no, know, they all are, 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 are familiar faces now and, and approachable people that the players can go in and, and, and speak to. And, and now that's not coincidence. You no, know, they they're, they're, they do that and, and they're very very good at what they do. But they make themselves approachable. They are always smiling, always happy. They, they make these people want to come and speak to them and, and they know that the players know they can go there for help and it's not going to be a, a burden or a nuisance you know, that the, the girls are there to help. Um, so it's, it's, it's again, I, I, I could sit and name, everybody in the building, the off-field staff, I right to the maintenance guy. So, again, I talk about everybody being the hardest working people in the building and, and I put them at the very, very top of that. Probably the most underappreciated people in in Livingston Football Club and the maintenance team, you know, John, Alan, Shad and Martha, who, who does our cleaning, you know, the four of them are first in most days, regularly last out. or East stand, west stand, north stand, on the roof, on the pitch. You name it, every part of the stadium, you'll find them at some point painting or stripping things back or tidying or making things better or fixing things. And it's it's painting the fourth road bridge. You know, it's just a constant something they done all the time. And at this time of the season, when you're, the players are away and, and you're a bit quieter, you've know, got all the jobs that aren't the most fun, but, you no. Know, giving the walls a licky paint and all the all the things that we just can't do when it's a you know, busy Absolutely. um busy football club. So the you know, the maintenance guys are that you know, the top the, the very, very top of that hard working list. But you now every every single member of staff in, in this building is is fantastic and it's, you know, it's nice that you touch on more because she's um she really leads to that. And then just on the other point you say about you know, the signage and the things in the stadium again very much originally led by Davy. You know, it was something that he was very big on in, in, in these close seasons or international weekends was Trying to use the money that the clubs brought in from being in the Premiership to make the building better, not on not on his thought being that if we get relegated, this is all done. But while that money is there and coming in from those for them playing here and TV money and and that greater level of exposure, use that money, make the football club in terms of the infrastructure of the stadium itself better. And then whatever happens, you've done that. You've made the ground better. You've made the floodlights more up-to-date. You've changed the media area and made it better in the main stand. You've built a gym. You've got the signage done. It's all those things that, had we just been in the championship, we just wouldn't have the funding to do. So, okay, whilst that money could be spent on other things, players, wages, whatever it is, it's still important that you can only bring players into the club if they come and they see it and they want to They want to come and making those little changes and making the place just nicer to look at, nicer to visit, can actually sometimes get you those players that you maybe wouldn't if the place wasn't looking so great or things were falling down and the place looked horrible and there was no gym. And so I think it's, um, you know, Davey was really big on that initially, I've then helped take a lot of that on. And again, with the media team, you know, David Badura, Blair Coburn, Michael Hulph, you know, those guys coming in, what they now give us in terms of, graphics and images and video allows us to make those things. You know, signage in the changing room is only because Michael gets those photos and David does those graphics or Blair gets that video content that allows us to highlight something else. So it's, um, whilst David was very much the driver of that initially, I think it's a whole team effort to keep that going and try and make the most of, of our time in the Premiership. Hopefully that continues for a long, long, long time. But here and now that we know that that money's coming in, from various outlets that we have, because we're a Premier League team, and then make the, make those differences and make those improvements around
0: the ground. Uh, it, it, honestly, it's it, it's cracking, and I don't I don't like to give uh, Boudoura any sort of credit at all. Yeah, um, but the graphics he is he has pulled off over the last the last wee while have, have been so impressive. It's been amazing to. You know, again, it's just that brand. It's that it's it's Livingston Football Club that we probably didn't have for a while, and I certainly think that that's going to be something that's that's going to promote the club in terms of getting new fans through the door and sort of stuff like that as well. It is. It's it's been an amazing, a really really amazing uh kind of change, if you like, for 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 the club, and it, it's been great to see uh, as a fan. So as I says earlier, we've got a few questions from the fans and people who who um, are fans, but also work closely with you, Mister Badura, As we spoke about just before, has sent in a couple of questions. Of course, he
1: did.
0: <laughs> there's some really really good ones in there, and there's uh, some not so good ones. So I think we'll quick fire with with, with, with Badura's ones and see what you see what you come up with. Um, but let's go with first of all, who's your favourite ever Livingston player? David Binham. I agree. Uh what's your favourite goal? Oh <laughs>
1: <clears throat> it's it's hard to get away from uh Pitts that uh, Dundee United in the playoff. Um number of reasons, or well, two main reasons. One, given the, the magnitude of the goal itself, but I also had my daughter Erin along and, and she can give her take her leave football and she'll come along. she she been in fairness, she comes to all the games at home now with, with me being here. Um, but at that stage, you know, she could take her leave. It wasn't huge on it, but um, I took it to Iceman that night and it was one of those moments where it was just, I think whoever I'd been with at the time, no, it stays with you forever, but Erin was there and it was me, Erin, and Andy Crawford um, and the ball hit the net. And I just remember having Erin up in the air and Andy <laughs> was jumping on me and I'm jumping on Andy and Erin's celebrating it. She's probably not really no real awareness of just how big a goal that is in the context of things for Livingston, but I think a, co- a combination of all of that, really, just that night itself, um, kind of, when the when the news came through that, that Ryan Hardy wasn't fit, and you're kind of going, oh, God, like, this is going to be difficult, and then you get that early goal, and then you go behind, and I generally remember 2-1 down thinking, take it, like see this yep. out at 2-1, go back home and, and try and get something at living. so when you got the equaliser and then... Um, when Pitts I mean it's it's all Sean Byrne for me the the, the, the finish is great but it's all you know, Sean Byrne doing that you know, triangle run like doggies back and forward and left right. And, right, and he just gets that little toe on the ball Pitts goes through the nutmeg and then the, the, um, the finish and just to see the scenes and you know like fans of other teams will be going scenes there was only a couple hundred there it wasn't even that great but I'll tell you what at that moment it felt like there was 50,000 Lovie fans behind that goal and it was the loudest thing and just one of the most celebrated moments. Um, so I think that goal for everything it meant, and just the moment and having Ed in there, and it was nice. with a couple other ones, you know, Mark McNulty at, at Tyne Castle um, yes. years ago, we played them the cup, and had a great falling. and I remember him going through, and I think again, somebody slipped, and he kind of gets the ball and runs through, and, and fires it again. Another one where it was probably 300 Levy fans, but it felt like 3,000, 30,000 behind the goal. Just... So loads of goals, I've been going forever, not home and away, and I could if I saw, sat and probably thought about it, I could probably shoot ten goals at you. But um I think the Scott Pittman one just giving everything um that it meant on the night to get us back ahead and leaving Tannadice going, We've got a wee chance here, like we, we we might we might do this. Like maybe not even to the extent of getting to the Premier League, but we might get through this this past them. Absolutely. final if you like into the, the final yeah. so, it was, it was brilliant. so I think that one um, for me.
0: I I I I was at both of them the 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 Hearts game and the Dundee United game Dundee United game I remember coming away and I I had no voice for about two days afterwards as you said I've never celebrated a goal as much as I celebrated that goal I think I I jumped and I genuinely think I cleared about two like two rows of seats I don't know how I did it but I just Gosh. it was just one of those ones you just completely lost all control and yeah I, I completely agree. The McNulty one, I remember someone had taken a video of just the Livingston fans. That's on YouTube just now somewhere. And that it was... was... It, was Peter, it was Peter Glasgow
1: for the old Kenny Livy TV. I think up ah, right. on the, the crowd as well, I remember. It was seen, You actually see the moment where the Hearts player slips. Yeah. Because it goes up. And then, yeah, yeah. Then it's, it's just a celebration. There's no them. I think the goal, the other one that i mentioned, just because my time here and, and being there to witness it, was, um, was Scott Robinson at Hamden against St Mirren in the semi-final. Um, it was that that emotion within three seconds of Effie Ambrose missing, the easiest <laughs> header in the world. And um, you're thinking you just blew your chance and then uh, Robbo kind of followed up and scored. Marvin Bartley at Tynecastle as well, purely for the the moments that are just meant to be. You know, I hadn't scored in Scotland and then goes to Tynecastle and, and, and scores um, against Hearts and then the kind of the Ric Flair-esque celebrations and little <laughs> goals that just that maybe aren't the greatest goals you'll ever see, but just the moments that they've they, they represented and loads of them over the years. But I think that, as as I say, probably the, the Pitts won at, at Tanadise just for the whole occasion and, and what it then kind of sparked to where we are now. You know, that moment was probably the the. I'm not going to say the catalyst, but not far off it in terms of you know, where we are now, five, six years later.
0: I think it certainly was a driving point, as you say. As you come away from Tannadice, as a fan, you can only imagine what those players came away feeling like. You know, they've come away and they've got that win, and I, I certainly agree with you. I think it's absolutely pushed pushed them on to to well, what we what we know happened next. You know, so um, next one, do you prefer a dink goal or are you all about the power? This would be good as a former striker.
1: <laughs> I, I, think goal, I, think I I think, I think, I think, I chip from a, I hate saying from a playing perspective as if I had any sort of playing career whatsoever. I didn't. I played good, the, the, the lowest, non amateur, like whatever it is below amateur. Um, I always find that, yeah, I think there's just something nice about it. I, a chip goal, or a dink, or someone going through a bouncing ball, and a just a little side foot cushion, or if it is a proper kind of um, pitching wedge dink underneath. I just, a, for me, I, yeah, I, I take a a chip or a, a dink goal all day. Fair enough, fair enough. Um,
0: this is where it gets a little bit ridiculous. For Badura. what's your favourite biscuit? <laughs>
1: uh, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> favorite biscuit. Uh, I'll go. Karen always looks after us really well in the, for, for press and media, and it's always Tunnocks tea cakes or caramel wafers. So I'll go something along that kind of That uh, Tunnocks tea cake. We'll go for that. Is that Karen that does
0: that? Because uh, I've had a fair few Tunnocks tea cakes from that media room as well. So I should
1: have Karen. maybe only had the I did, one. <laughs> I did tell her earlier this week that we're going to change our job title to Head of Biscuit Management. So <laughs> that may be one of the other roles that she carries out at the club. And I just
0: don't think there's anyone better if uh, based on my experience, absolutely. No, she's earned it. She's earned it. <laughs> um, what are you looking forward to in the coming season?
1: Eh, what are we look forward to. I think at this time of year it's always it's that feeling of wanting to get back at it. The, the cup goal gets made, and you start to then see, right, okay, how how how's the first month going to shape up? And at the end of this month, you've got the um the league fixtures coming out, so then you start to look at all those different periods of the season, Christmas time, who have we got on Boxing Day or, or Christmas Eve? Where are your first game of the new year? Who, who have you got? Match Day 33, albeit I'm sick of Match Day 33. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think match, we all are. <laughs> I think the picture day is always, always nice. But for the season ahead, I think, again, it's my role a little bit different now on, on, on Match Day. So i um, looking forward to kind of seeing how that landscape is on on, on a Saturday, how you we're know, starting to meet other people and, and new faces and, um I think for me, that selfishly on a on a personal level, yeah, going going at these other clubs and and getting to see about how they do things. Honestly, I've I've spent the last few years being quite busy on a match day in respect to social media and commentary and um, taking players and the manager from A to B and and, and stuff. So um, seeing things a wee bit differently from a kind of board level and um, on a personal front, I'll be nice looking forward to that. But again, just looking forward to the starting and looking forward to welcoming the players back next week. Um, catching up with them, seeing how their summers have been, and then really seeing them, them back out, out there on the, the grass and, and, and starting to take shape for, for, the, for the football getting back, really.
0: Yeah, you, you touched on the bit, Fred. Uh, sorry, via play cup now it's called. Sorry, um, and the draw. What did you What did you think of the draw? Qu- quite happy, comfortable.
1: Um, it's a favourable draw. No, if we're yeah. being honest, no, you've, you've got. Um, We've, we've dodged a championship team you know we've, we've ended up with you know, two league one teams a, a team in league two and a highland league team albeit you know Breakin you won know, their league you know, a really strong season in the highland league so it's not there's no any there's no disrespect meant in terms of having a highland league team but I think when you maybe look at some of the groups I think one of the groups was Kilmarnock Dunfermline Ray Rovers, and you're looking at going that's tough that's for all three all three they're not fancy playing each other so I think Given you've, you've dodged or have dodged a, a championship side in there. Um you know, but three sides you who know, got relegated last year who be looking to to make a point and start the season well. Um Hamilton will have that that disappointment of losing out in the playoffs and, and looking to bounce back. Um Kobe again, again will be making moves in, in terms of signings, and you know, a few in in just the recent days, and you know, I've seen them make two or three signings, so they'll be looking to again bounce back. And um, likewise with Clyde, our know, new manager, um, he'll be keen to try and you not know, come here and, and and take a scalp and and, and so we'll be the, the team again living livingston is never a a big enough club for anybody to really go and say, oh we we'll, won't we'll take a scalp off Livingston, but it's still not a chance to go and play against a, a Premier a Premier League team and, and they'll maybe be looking at it like, well, no, we aren't one of the top teams, so why can they not come and, and, and try and get something themselves? So yeah, I think we are we are pleased or or, or happy enough with the draw. I think you're you're you know what you're gonna get, loosely speaking, probably the biggest um not disappointment, but of course of the, the the way the group panned out that we got Breakin and Cove away. Yeah. Cove and away on Tuesday night. I think we'd have <laughs> if, if realistically from a, a cost perspective, we'd have much rather have Cove and Breaking at home and travelling to Hampton <laughs> and Clyde. But listen, it is it is what it is. So we'll see. But yeah, look again, just looking forward to that that game of Beekin. Um we've, we've, we've played them all other than Clyde relatively recently. And I've had Cove in the same stage last year, Beekon two seasons ago away. Um, and Tom Park scored the after a minute, if that—that's um, right, yeah. Hamilton, we've had again in the, in the group stage. Um, a few years back, I think maybe our first Premier League season with Hamilton in the, the the group stage, and then Clyde's probably the one that's been in a lot well since we've, we've crossed paths. So yeah, looking forward to it. Just again, competitive football, and it's that exciting. If you get through that, then can it be the start of of that journey to to a hand trip or a, a cup final? So yeah, just just excited to get back back yeah, underway.
0: Paul Miller says that he's glad that we avoided Cali. Do you share that sentiment?
1: <laughs> I think anybody involved at Livingston has shared that, <laughs> that sentiment. It's not been a, a particularly great experience, particularly last season, twice. So Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. I think we're all, we're all delighted. Plus, I was I was kind of vouching for M1S a little bit to go win the Scottish Cup because it would be nice to have at least been knocked out by the, the eventual winners. Exactly, so, yeah, exactly. I mean, probably made that, that even more bitter that they went on and won. Um, had that happened, but- <laughs> Yeah, I think we're we're all we're all happy I've dodged and Vanessa at this stage. <laughs>
0: no, I agree, I agree. Um what's your favorite home kit?
1: Next seasons. Oh <laughs> I like that, was... that. That was a safe shout, that one. Um <laughs> Yeah, it won't kit. be
0: it won't be a safe shout in a mum's time when it comes out
1: and it's bogging though. <laughs> that's, that's true. So that, that's true. I'm, I'll just blame I'll just blame Davy for that. <laughs> baby I, th- I think just because of the connotations again of what it was the first the first SPL season back 102 um, the, the kind of real amber with the, the black the black um, stripe across I think that was kind of iconic of of that era particularly the players involved not Fernandes Bingham Lovell and all, all those key, you know, the guys that we all became um, so accustomed to it for me I was what 13 14 so I was like kind of high school. Finding your feet among Rangers and Celtic fans, and all of a sudden our <laughs> team was in there amongst them. they um, are playing in Europe and, and getting to or winning cup finals. So I think that that strip itself, just with the players who played in it, um, and yeah, just because it was the first of our time in that that top top flight, and then we actually were successful really in that good. season. You know? yeah. So I think every, every, all the memories you brought that the the good um, good results against Hearts and Hearts, you no. Know, Going to Ibrox and getting a pot of Parkhead and getting a point and yeah. and, and drawing myself Celtic here as well. So I, I think there's just lots of good memories in that kit. So that's probably why it stands out. But probably maybe not even most visually the one I maybe really like the most, but just probably the memories that are um, associated
0: with it. So yeah, I agree. I agree. It was one of my, I, I, it's definitely up there as one of my favourites. It's, it's just for the memories. Um, cracking cat. I think I've still got mine. I think I've still got mine somewhere. Um, it's a, a lovely, lovely cat. Uh, favorite away cat.
1: So I actually really, really liked um, two seasons ago when we went back to Joma, the white one with the, kind of the amber and black sash going across because I think it was nice kind of integrating the home colours but on, on a white kit, so you're kind of getting away from your home colour, but by having them in there I think though, just again because I, it was so different, I think the 95-96 away kit, the blue <laughs> um, blue with the red and white, it was it was so bizarre um, nothing like we've seen again and um, but again, can I say iconic, maybe not so much as the 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 2 home kit, but just iconic for that first ever season as as yeah. Livingston. It was a, a, something new. That was my first kit, or first home and away kit, my first experiences of Livingston making that move from, from Middlebank Bank coming along. I remember having it now, I've gave it I've still got that shirt from when I was Five or six, and Louie now wears it. Um, Amazing. And and oh, brilliant. um we've, we've then done some retro photos with some of the current players. So there's a cracking photo of IOBLE wearing it. that um, yeah. 95, 96 awake it. So I think yeah, it's awake it's can be a little bit, you could give a little bit more license to do some some something different. And that was certainly certainly something different. Um <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that one is um just sticks out. And you know, when you look at the kits, if you were to put up all the kits we've had ever on the wall. Your eyes are going to that one,
0: going. What was that? I mean, that's totally different. So where, that, think... where did that come from? Absolutely. I uh, the one two. season ago the goal. was sort of my first one where I went. Wow, we're finally getting back to it. You know, like we, we'd had some some interesting kits over over the years, but going back to Joma and just what I really liked was like the white kind of feather effect down the, the sash as well. It was a, yeah. a beautiful, beautiful kit. I'll do one more for Badura, and then that's his lot. Who's the most fun around the building? <laughs> oh
1: um most fun. I'd say I mean certainly off field if we if are looking at the staff off the field be Cheb, Titman. Um just where he gets the things that go through his mind from are <laughs> incredible. Um I'd love to just be able to live in his head for a day, just to see it a little. The, the <laughs> the little on. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, just brilliant, <laughs> Cheb's one of the guys that again, I think, when you first walk in the building, um, not not make you feel uncomfortable, but he'll be all over you, and treat you <laughs> like he'll treat anybody else, and then you quickly realise that he's actually making you get integrated where well you know it by not treating yeah. you different and giving you like, being <laughs> too overly nice, and it's very much. I'm not gonna say sink or swim, but but very much you come into the environment. Um, Cheb rules the roost. No, it's it's his gym sessions. It's, <laughs> it's you won't kit, you won't see him for kit again. Much like Mo, but from the players' perspective, the, I guess at any club, the kit man is the guy you keep on saying because when you're wanting gloves or you're wanting a snood or your hat or whatever it is, he's your, he's your go-to guy. But Cheb's um, Cheb's a great guy, you know, not not just from that that most fun to be around, but from you know, you'll sit at lunch and the stories will tell you and the quips will come away, they're brilliant, but he's, he's just a generally good guy to be around. Um probably the happiest guy at the club you very rarely leave him without a smile on your face or without feeling better than you did before you spoke to him. like a genuinely really, really, nice guy to have around the place. But um probably yeah, for me the the most fun as well, purely for his his kind of antics and the the chat you get from um again, an incredibly working guy. Um I touched on it and in, in my interview with the club but you know, he's, he's the kit man, but he takes gym sessions with the players. He goes, now. You know, he, was, he spent the year with Tom Parks going swimming you know, helping Tom do his, his rehab so that the, the coaching staff can stay with the first team and um, there's nothing that Cheville, no, the maintenance guys, Cheville, you'll see Cheville run about cups of coffee for them. Just, just there for everybody, you know, whether it's if I need a sounding board for whatever it may be, but from me to Davey to the maintenance team to the girls at reception, Cher yeah, will give you time, he'll give you an ear and, and, and you'll always leave having spoken to chair feeling better than you did when you went in and just, I, just for me, just a generally good guy to bear him. I love
0: that. I love that. I have been told he's uninterviewable. Is that correct? Due to th- th- his language sometimes. <laughs> yeah,
1: if, if there wasn't an official ban, I'm, I'm, that's my first time. <laughs> to, be <always laughs> to be sure there's a ban on Chibs, <laughs> any media outlets, uh, whether <laughs> on camera or not, um, for, <laughs> for fear of being shut down. But
0: So great news, guys. Next week's guest, normally joking. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Let's go to Darren Darren Fisher. Darren has asked, um, are we ever going to get rid of the plastic pitch and go back to grass? Controversial question.
1: So the the problem that that would arise with that now is that we've now integrated a a full academy. We've integrated a women's section who are now growing their own academy, so to speak. Now they've, they've got their eight teams, they've got their six teams. They've got their development slash reserves and they've got the first team so the problem with, with ripping that up and putting grass back down is first of all where do all those teams train and play and where do we train yeah so okay we've got the field tough at the back but that's still now that's still used for current programs between the community foundation and, and you know they've got their, their dads and daughter days they're fit and um, all the different programs they run themselves so and, and fundamentally, we're not getting all the the, the training time and, and match time that we need on that park. Yeah. So oh, sorry on that, that the training park at the back. Yeah. So you a number of number of issues is that we then need to take training somewhere else. So the costs involved in that, if we are then hiring a park five days a week, you're costing getting there. So what are we doing? Are we putting on a bus to cart players back and forth? Now, now by the way, I know all these things occurred prior to putting the plastic part down, but it's now it's now serving a really big purpose for the football yeah,
0: club. Yeah, absolutely.
1: The cost, it saves us from not having to source training parks and not having to pay for pitches and travel. And then what do you do? We bring the players here for breakfast and then we go on buses to Roxbourne or Muriston or Blackburn and then come back here for lunch. And if it was a double session, we'd bust them back again. So again, as I say, it's not this isn't a new problem. This is all things that would have been done prior to the, the plastic park going down. So I mean as it stands, there's no there's no plan um to to put grass back down purely because a club our size and what we're trying to do on a community level to grow the club, uh, and I don't mean community as in community outreach, I mean the, the community of Livingston FC. So your, your your academy and your ladies section get up with their own own, own uh, training and match loads. I think at the minute, if anything, for me, what we would look to do is, is put down the next generation of of artificial. So make what we have better. Um, yeah. Of course, we would. We would. Everybody would love to play on the best grass park and train on the best grass park. But with the resource we have in terms of maintaining a grass park at that level, um, and the fact we're in Scotland um, means right. that that's not always feasible. Um, and would we then have an issue with having more games postponed given the issues we know we have um, with that south end and the sun not getting in when it's colder weather? Um, you could potentially end up with more an issue with a grass park um, plus upkeep costs. And I get it. Teams in the leagues below us have grass parks and maintain them well and, and brilliant. That's great. That's what they do and yep. they can keep doing that and that's, that's fine. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't think we need to always be compared with Whether team in League One have got a great park, or whether team in League Two have got a great... That's fine and and brilliant. That's what you can do. But what we have just now works for us as a club for allowing us to develop talent, for allowing us to use it in a a club community side of of things. And there'll be a conversation being had because the the pitch will come up for renewal in in the next year or two
0: um,
1: where we'll need to look at what we're doing with the surface because it will need to be relayed or lifted and and, and grass put down. But for me having had the conversations with the rest of the board and, and the football staff and, and the operational side my own gut would be that I think we wanting for put it to be the detriment of what we've just built by reintroducing the academy I think for a club like us it would, it would be artificial unless the league or there was a significant change in the in the, in the, the rules I don't, I don't know why we would move away from that um, and, and put ourselves at that issue of trying to relocate all these teams um, for training and, 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 and match purposes
0: yeah no, I to be fair, I agree with you. Listen, you and I have played on some pretty disgusting grass parks in our time uh, at, at that lower than amateur level, um, you know. But we've played on some some plastic parks as well. I've played at Almondville, you know, uh, Tony Max, sorry, and you know, it does it makes a difference. Certainly, I'm a bigger boy now and uh, <laughs> getting on a bit in age, but I'd I'd certainly prefer a plastic park to 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 a a grass pitch where it's unless it's as you say, is that perfect, you know, well-cut, well-maintained grass pitch. There's nothing that beats it, I agree. Um, Does it, I, I don't, this is just a sort of question off the back of it, Do, does it prevent players coming to us? Have you ever had anything over the years where we've been looking at a target and they've opted not to come to us because of the plastic park? I know it's, it's not something that the fans have put in, but I know it's something that the fans will talk about. So interesting to kind of know that, if that's ever been a, an issue.
1: Um, so again, uh, the, the, the recruitment side, the player recruitment side hasn't been anything to do with me over yeah. my time, so I'm not always privy to the conversations that, that, that Davey has, or, or Davey and Neil, or Davey and Marvin, or Davey and Dougie, or Davey and Gary Holt, and Hoppin I've not always been um, privy of, of how those conversations have had. Not something anybody's ever ever said, or Davey's never said to me, or so-and-so so won't sign because it's plastic. That doesn't mean it's not happened. So I, yeah. I'm not going to see this, and then a player <laughs> appears. You know, I, I turned you down because I, I don't know. Um, fundamentally, I did. I did laugh um, when Robbie Dee's was announced to something signed for Kilmarnock, It, it seems someone suggesting that he turned Livingston down because of the plastic park. Well, he'd been announced having signed for Kermarnock. Um But no, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It would be the answer. It's not something Davies ever said. Cool. That anyway, it might also be that a player has done that, but never actually fed that back as a reason. You no, know, it may just be just yeah. another offer somewhere else. So it might be that even David doesn't know that there may be a player sitting out there who has not signed because of that. Um, but yeah, it's not something I would, I would I have an answer on to be fair.
0: fair. Absolutely fair. Um, There's a couple more. Uh, Stuart Morris. I um, remember him. Old uh, OL player. Uh, yeah. What is the plan to try and attract new and old fans back into the ground? Um, will there be more games this season that involve community tickets? Is there any other ideas to engage with local community?
1: Um, anything like that? Yeah, so absolutely. we Will we we'll continuing with the, the community tickets? It's been been a good, a, 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 I'd say a fair success. Um, I think the days where we've, we've done it, we've actually been a little bit unlucky with two or three that we've, we've done. One um, was a, a new variant of COVID hit and we've or scunnered with that. There was a, I think it was a postponed game, um, a game moved to midweek. So there's a couple of times where it's it's not through wanting to try and the effort. It's just circumstances have dictated that it, it's not worked. Um, but I think when it has been, it, it's it makes a difference. Um, I've said it a few times, and I know Davy said it in, in press at the time. And the last game we have done, Nicky Devlin spoke about it. The difference it does make when the players come out and there's you not know, if they're running out of the tunnel. And they're seeing Livingston fans on that far side, they're seeing Livingston fans behind the goals. Now, normally, our players only see fans in that stand when it's Rangers and Celtic here. So, to come out and okay, they're not all bona fide Livingston fans, but they're all here to support to Livingston, it's, yeah. a, it's Livingston's it's home ticket. So, they're, they're wanting by and large, I'd, I would say, probably guess 95 96 percent of them get those tickets. Are coming to want Livingston to do well. So, you hear it, you hear the noise. It, it's almost like when we attack, it's, it's it's a different noise to to just home Livingston fans. It's like an excited yeah kids coming along and then being excited by a corner or a an opportunity or the ball coming in the box or somebody shooting. It's it's a different sort of noise that you can you can you can tell that it's it's a different fan base that, that's there in those games. But it's good. No, I think that's. It's great, you know. That last game we we done it and we, we finally, finally won when we were given the <laughs> tickets, and it was brilliant. You no, know, I think there was a real buzz when the, the goals went. It was, it was, um, it was nice. So it's an absolutely, we'll continue to do that. It's allowed us to actually build up great relationships and, and conversations with schools and groups and charities and organisations that we probably would have missed if we just went out and tried to see who do we go and speak to here. And all of a sudden, we've we've got a contact list of people who came to us wanting tickets, and I think that's been a nice thing. It's not us. Going into a school and throwing hundred tickets and saying I "hope you've come along," the way we've always done it is apply for the tickets. So you're actually making people come to you asking, "We would like fifty tickets for this yep. game." As opposed to us just hoping that we're going to dump hundred tickets at forty schools, we'll get those four thousand people to turn up. It's not. It's not that. It's people actually getting off their off their own um, efforts to come and say to us. I say, "Oh, that'd be great. Can I get twenty five tickets for?" this scout club or can I get 30 tickets for this boys club or can I get this for my girls team so it's it's been good to see that and and, and we've always got to the 4,000 tickets you No, know, we've we've always started at the 2,000 and within 24 hours we've normally had 2,000 requests or requests for 2,000 tickets so we've always got to 4,000 it's not always it's not always been the 4,000 that came along which is like that can sometimes be a little bit of uh not disheartening but there's a lot of logistical and operational things that go in place if we've given away 4,000 tickets we need to open up the turnstiles yeah. to suit we need to open up the surgeries to suit we need to have enough medical people in place to suit so when mm-hmm. when you give away 4,000 and whilst having 2,000 of those turn up is brilliant That's 2,000 people we didn't have there the week before and sometimes we, we probably need to get a little bit better not not stressing but if you, if you are applying for those tickets and, and make, coming to the effort to pick the tickets up Try and use them where you can because there's a lot yep. going on to, to make it make it happen. And, and when only two thousand turns up, whilst that's brilliant, it's also it means there's maybe a cost, but well, it does, it costs us money to give these tickets away because of what we need to put in place to to cover these people come along and we don't mind doing it. But when it becomes difficult is when we're we're spending money on the assumption four thousand people are gonna be here. Yeah. And then 1, or 2,000 come along and, and then you're going wait a minute because this has cost us x and and we thought this was happening and it's not so uh, but we'll keep doing that we'll keep plugging away and, and yep. giving those tickets out in terms of how we further that real plans that you know, we've just David just finished uh, the player code of conduct for the season and within that is, is a real emphasis on, on more kind of not public appearances but a lot more kind of, community-based appearances so whether that's going into schools and, and, and trying to do out hours trips to to charities and, and, and various groups and organisations so um, that's been integrated in the players' code of conduct this year to to make them aware that it's not a not it's not optional. And because we we'll work with the players, players families and kids and, and things going on, and it, it, they don't work for living twenty four hours a day. Where you know they've got their own kids who've got football and classes and dancing and, and and whatnot. So it's not you will come here every night and you will go and sell tickets and you will. But to try and utilise that a lot more, you know, kids connect. So if we have a um, non Andrew Shinney or a. Um, I oblige going to a school, and, and kids are seeing them in their school, and they're coming here on a Saturday. They then identify with that player on the park and they can then see as like he was in my school on, on, on Monday. Like all of a sudden, it's it's not just coming to watch Livingston. It's it's that guy that they've seen. So. Trying to really as 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 use that and get in the community. I've spoken a lot. The girls' section have been, have been really. The ladies' section have been really good in in their own community engagement as well. A lot down to the media team. Um, but again, we had our two players, uh, Jen Dodds and, and Jess Murphy, out last week at Knightsbridge Primary with their medal, the league winning medals, and letting the kids oh, yeah. have a shot of them and, and photo opportunity. And um, as that's opened up another avenue for us to, to tap into the community as, as using the. the um, the women's section to do that as well so there's, there's, there's lots of things we're working on it's not easy um, you know, the players be- between training and, and, and media duties and everything that goes on here as well you've not got lots of time to try and do it certainly during school hours it's, it's trying to put a, a plan in place to get it to as many different areas and, and, and events if you like and, and show face and have club coverage there um, to make Livingston FC more noticeable if you like it and people People relating with having seen the badge at their school or their group, so wanting to come along and, and see those same people here. So we'll keep doing that. It's not easy. Um, it's probably a long term thing. You know, you're not going to convert four thousand free tickets into four thousand season ticket holders, but yeah. generally, if you can convert four thousand free tickets into a hundred season tickets. Brilliant. That, that, and then keep yep. doing that year on you now the long term effects of that are, are great. So yeah, we'll keep we'll keep plugging away and and and, and try and be as best we can be within that in that community outreach amazing one more for you I promise um,
0: so the last one what's your ambitions for the club over the next five years what short medium and long term plans will ensure these are achieved and how can supporters work with the club to support any initiatives being rolled out when needed
1: short medium and long term would probably all be keeping the club in the, the top flight now um, generally because it the knock-on effect of not being in the top flight probably changes a lot of what you can and can't do. So certainly short-term making the club or continuing to make the club um, a, like a stalwart of the the premiership would be the the, the initial aim. And, and certainly for the short to reach term surviving in the prelims, staying up, and I, again, after I spoke about this, it's, it's the boring answer, and I know we all have... Um, <laughs> ambition for the club to be competing in Europe and in the top six and, and we'd all love that, we generally would me, me, no more than, or sorry, no one more than I would, would like that as a fan, absolutely um, but that realistic element has got to kick in in terms of where we are financially where we are, fan base wise um, say geographically but that, that, that's something we can work on with the community stuff um, but I, I think a lot you know, that, that all those um, strands short, medium and long term would be continue to make the club a sustainable Premiership, or Premier League, sorry, um, club. There are a number of ways of doing that, whether that's continuing um, with Davies' kind of way of bringing players in, selling them on, because the finance, the finance that that brings in immediately, plus any sell-ons that you get can you know, help the club long-term. You know, we look at Lyndon Dykes just now, um, going into his final year with Queen's Park Rangers, but we know if he he does move this summer, there's a, a sell-in there for the club. You look at assets that we have in the building, or if there's any players who... Well, then the end of transfer window, do move on. The, the club would always be looking to make sure there was there was so benefits the club. Now, whoever we get, but also benefits benefits the club two, three, four years down the line, whenever that that time that the the player then moves on again. So, um, but yeah, making the club more sustainable from from that aspect, but also probably commercially, looking to tap into the the local um, business community a bit better, or trying to get more more local businesses on board at, at, at all levels, not at, at all those kind of. Um, high ticket items, sponsorship wise, right down to sell out your hospitality game to game, so there's, there's trying to bring financing to the club, that way you know it's not all about just hoping that someone a million pounds is going to come and throw it your way there's other ways of getting that money in, maybe not a million pounds, but there's other ways of getting that in, but it's how we make sure that we just put the structures in place to be able to do it properly, not just send an email out to a thousand people hoping that someone might read it and, and sponsor a game, you No, know, it's, it's got to be targeted a bit better, it's got to be done in a way that we're building those relationships first you know, and, and and having conversations and bringing people in as guests and game to game and just letting them see what the club's about and hoping to then piggyback onto that and, and, and make them feel that I want to be involved, I want to help Livingston. So yeah. really just building that. That I, I don't think for me at the minute, there is a, an answer for short, medium and long term. A lot of them all feed into each other. Um, yeah. Long term being that, that community engagement, giving the tickets away, trying to build on that season ticket base year on year. On the second part, in terms of how fans get involved, I know there's a supporters working group now set up. Um, David McLennan, the the, the supporters liaison officer, had done really well in in terms of um, liaising with supporters, getting that up and running. There's now a a, a working group of, I believe, 10 to 15 um, people who who attend those meetings and and try and put forward some ideas. It's not always going to be the case that we can just do them all. You know, it's it's not not just, you come forward with ideas and we will implement every single idea. All needs to be looked at. Can we do it? Is it is it feasible? Is it worthwhile? Um financially, does it is a cost involved? If there is, is there going to then be a return on that investment? So there's there's lots of things that I would so I'd say initially would be looking to get involved with that that working group. Um, there's been a lot of good feedback from them they're led by David and then um they're right from at the club then being able to help a supporters bus last year. A, a conversation was had there was a, it was approached that could be help fund that. Um we did. I think it was five buses that the club part funded to allow, allow the, the the guys to put the bus on and, and get yeah. the the game. So that's something we probably just hadn't done in the past. I know the supporters clubs haven't haven't been involved yeah. in running buses. Yeah. I knew they were kinda of self sufficient, but they'd been going for a long time. So when you try to up and running I get that there's the the, the um, the starting costs of doing that are difficult until you get that regular um, travel and, and build up a little bit of, a kind of kitty if you like it. It's difficult, so we're happy to help that. Cause it benefits us, it benefits the players. You know, the more fans can get to away games, the better the support. Um, you hope that that then helps um, rub off on the players. So joining the, the joining the working the working group would be probably the first port call because then that all gets directly related or fed into the, the SLO and then back to the club. Um, and then we hopefully try and make ourselves a bit more visible, or certainly I hope to make myself a bit more visible in this role now to get along to some of these meetings and, and sit with these guys and, and see, because there'll be things that then will maybe have the best intentions and I can, not, not shut it down, but at it, source be like, this isn't going to work because X, Y, Z, but also to go along because someone might have an idea that I can say, wait a minute, that's actually, I not thought about that, brilliant, like how can, how can you help us get to there then? Because we still don't have a still don't have hundreds of hands and hundreds of people in, in the club, so... If a lot of conversations had and the, and the fan group and, and certain supporters have the skill sets that can then allow something to happen i know there was there was chat about trying to get a, a mural painted and you can kind of see the area of the stand again that was going to be fan led someone knew someone who was kind of graffiti artist led if you like and, and they were going to come in and then be approved that yeah go for it let's let's make that area a bit brighter let's make it a bit more um, visually friendly and, and but that was again off the off the the, the fan group no real cost involved doesn't have a, a huge impact for anybody, but it just makes the place look a bit nicer. It's getting the fans fans involved in something that they are keen on, something that, that the guys at CP are passionate about is making that area vibrant and noisy and, and bright and loud, and that, that's great. And you know, we've seen the, the impact they've had at times. A lot of the times when we've scored goals in that end, the players are straight over to that, that section. So building that little bit of relationship, if you like, that fans feel involved, fans feel like they're they're making a difference and you're seeing that, that relationship build between fan and player um is, is key so yeah i think working with the, the supported working group would be the first protocol for anybody really looking to, to put forward their own skill set or help directly um make the club better
0: amazing well listen it's it's been a an amazing uh hour and a bit that we've spent chatting and i really appreciate you taking the time to come in and speak to us that is um us that's us i like it weighing on with you. Your, your monday to friday nine or five job that you've got these you t- <laughs> but i just wanted to say thank you first and foremost for coming in for speaking to me it's great to catch up as you say right at the very start it's good to catch up with old friends and um uh no it's been brilliant coming in and i really really appreciate you uh appreciate you coming in No big thanks to
1: you uh, for having me on to be fair uh, david it's been been great i don't mind doing this with yourself any time you fair to give you know, fans a little bit of insight to, to what goes on behind the scenes not that it's as exciting as people might might think but I'm always happy to um, have that conversation but it's great and I, I think I'm due a big thanks as well and, and you know, guys like yourself and other fans who, who run um, you know, these sort of podcasts and, and keep fans involved and, and up to date because sometimes it be just the day-to-day running in the club it's, it's difficult for us to put out those things and have those discussions so it's always nice to kind of see the Really for me the positivity that the guys like yourself bring and, and covering loving, and, and the more coverage we can get, the better it is for everyone and having you know, the, the different guests and the, the kind of range of guests you put on is, is great. So um it's really good. And of course, a big congratulations to yourself. I know you're not want that or will not, <laughs> thank me for it, but um arrival, your your twins yourselves and we've got a lot going on. So really pleased for, for you. yourself and your your family. So um I appreciate you giving up your time you're probably doing it for a break to be fair um, you're, but, not no, kidding, no. you're not kidding you're not kidding thank you as i say guys like yourself are key to how we get our word out to, to support us as well so it's hugely appreciated from from this side too well man thank you so much dave honestly appreciate it well we will get you
0: on again soon uh we'll get you maybe catch up mid-season see if uh see see how we're getting on but no i honestly really appreciate you coming in dave um as Dave says, you know, we do have loads of guests coming in sort of uh, as and when. So if there's anything that you want to talk about, if you want to come in and speak to us on the pod, please do get in touch. You can speak to me through my Twitter, DavidHasty17, or you can come directly through the fourth official on Twitter as well. Um, listen, thanks very much, Dave. Speak to you later. Thank you. And uh, I'll speak to the rest of you later as well. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, we will speak again soon. Thanks.